through chapter 11 and verse 14, we have somewhat of an interlude between the uh, sixth trumpet and the seventh trumpet. And we know that the, uh, the seventh trumpet, when it sounds, it will be uh, opening it up to the, the last seven bowls of wrath. And, and uh, we'll see that as we get into the last part of chapter 11. But right now we have what, what we would kind of call an uh, intermission or an interlude from uh, what has been going on. And there has been a lot going on. And you, you think about the devastation that has already taken place, and uh, and and it is uh, um, a little bit scary when you think about all the things that have happened. We we have six trumpets, uh, judgments have blasted across the world, and in that we know that the shipping industry has collapsed. Uh, the all of the seas and. Uh, uh, the shipping industry has has been devastated. We know that uh, a third of the water supply in the world by this time has uh, uh, been contaminated. If you recall, the 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 days have been turned into night. It seems like it's probably either uh, meteors or or it's uh, eclipses that God is bringing that uh, has uh, wrecked the sunlight and and so the days are messed up and. There, there's been a demonic host that uh, of these locusts that have, uh, with scorpion tails, that have been uh, harassing and uh, brought on an unbearable and ungodly torture on on those that were unbelievers of that day. And uh, uh, when you look at this, and and uh, it, it is a little scary, and and uh, um, you you think of this, and and it, it's the final judgment. I mean, this is it. God is finally uh, fed up, and and uh, God is saying that this is enough, and things are going to stop, and uh, and He is going to take control of things, and and there is horror everywhere. We have those who have have uh, denied God that have crawled into caves and and have been begging to die, and God would not allow them to die, and. We, we have all of this devastation. There's horror everywhere. And, and uh, we see that the ungodly are still ungodly and many are still rejecting Jesus and, 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 and uh, the lost are in despair. And there are those that are claiming to be Jesus that are not and they're calling out that the end is near and, and uh, there, there is no hope and the lost is in despair and, and uh, God... Uh, uh, is bringing this final judgment, and God says that it is a time to open the book. I find this interesting. There's a small book, as he calls it, a little book, and and he's wanting John to open this book, and 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 uh, the lost may be in despair, but can I tell you that God is still reigning, and can I tell you that even in all of this that we're going to see in, in uh, chapter 10 and chapter 11, is good news, and yes, there's judgment, and yes, the end of days are coming for uh, uh, mankind in history, and uh, in in the history that mankind is going to write. Now, the earth is still going to stand, and we still have to go through the millennial kingdom for a thousand years here on earth. But uh, the the history that mankind is making is going to be over, and uh, the end of human history, you might say, and and and. Uh, 
the devil is trying to still cause chaos, but can I tell you, the devil is a liar, Jesus is true, and Jesus saves. And in this interlude, that is what we have, where, where he is taking a pause, a moment of all the devastation that has been taking place, and he's stopping, and, he said, and, and he's going to show that, uh, John, you need to go out, and, and these, these angels that are, uh, and, and the two witnesses are going to come, and what is the message but that Jesus is there to save, and that Jesus is the answer, and you still have time, look to him and trust him. Even in the most devastating of all judgment, in, in, this, in this incredible uh, immoral, ungodly world that, uh, and so many rejecting Jesus, and Jesus still stops in the moment and says, stop for a moment, and I want you to know that Jesus saves. Oh, how we need to understand the, the grace and the mercy of our Savior, and how powerful it is, and yes, time is short, and God is coming, and you can do one of two things. You can either trust in yourself and believe the lies of the devil and, and you, will, you will live in eternity to regret that. Or you can understand that Jesus is true and you can call out to Jesus and you can trust him and know that he is coming to restore order and that we can live with him forever. I, I know what my choice is and, and I believe I know what most of your choices are here, but... If you don't know, well, you need to make sure of it. And, and in this, you know what we're seeing? That, that it is a scary thing to uh, uh, the, the consuming wrath of our God. You, you see, our, our world wants to teach all the, the fuzziness of God and, 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 and all he is is love and that, that he will look past all of the shortcomings that we have and Look, God doesn't overlook those things. God, God has made a path for, um, uh, for forgiveness, and that is through Jesus. I, I find it in, incredible the, the, how far people will go in, in assuming and presuming upon God's grace and God's mercy and, and, and have made such a mockery of who God is. I, I, I've seen it flashed on 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 social media for a while i finally decided to watch a video yesterday that i found i found it truly appalling of some of the preachers and some of the churches what they did in church last sunday for super bowl sunday i i, I find it incredible the the things that they did they the and and i i, I to, to watch some woman pastor get up and kick the bible through a field goal to to listen to a preacher who was riding on a wrecking ball and singing Miley Cyrus's song "Wrecking Ball" in a church, I mean, hey, they they should be glad that God is love and that God is long suffering because there would be many of us that those churches would be ashes today, and and really, I I have no problem if God wanted to treat them like Sodom and Gomorrah and destroy it today such a mockery of, of who God is, and, and, and it reminds me of how hard that hearts are, but can I tell you that, that God, it tells us in Hebrews that God is a consuming fire, and there's a day coming when God's judgment is going to come, 
And oh, how we need to be prepared and make sure that our hearts are where it needs to be. And, and so here in this interlude, let's take a look at chapter 10 and just see some of the things that, that it tells us. And it says, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Now, something that's interesting, <clears throat> I personally believe that this angel that is, that's being described is Jesus. Now, I know that in the Old Testament, there were times where it talked about the angel of the Lord, and you could see and understand through what went on there that it was what was considered Christophany. And a Christophany was when Christ showed himself even in the Old Testament. And there were several times where he did that. And so I believe in that the word angel means messenger. And, and, and the reason that I believe that this is Jesus, not only from the description that we have here in verse 1, but if you look in chapter 11 and verse 3, and it tells us here this angel is speaking the one that we are just introduced to in chapter 10. And in verse 3, he says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses. Uh, it just seems to me like it's not the, the angel, uh, uh, one of God's creations, that has chosen these two witnesses. It sure does seem to me that that would be God himself. And so here I do believe, I, do, I just believe that it's Jesus. So as I teach this, that... That's the perspective that I'm coming from. If you don't agree with that, I'm not. I'm okay with that. And you guys can. You need to study it out on your own too. But um, there just seems to be so many things that that represent Jesus in this. And and so first of all, a mighty uh, a mighty angel, a, a very powerful messenger that uh, has come and and come down from heaven. So obviously now. Uh, John had been transported before to see some things, but now obviously in the vision that John is having, he's here on earth, he's in the island of Patmos, and, and it's there that, that he's standing. And, and so now uh, we see that the angel has come down. We see Jesus has come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. <clears throat> you know, when I think about the Old Testament and give thought to the cloud, and, and it always represents, first of all, it represented the presence of God. And, and we know that that cloud would surround the tabernacle and, and would uh, let the people know that, that God was there and that he was there with them and representing his presence, but also believe that that cloud represents judgment and, and, and the, the storm that it could be bringing. And, and so reminding them that there is judgment, but I also love this, and God is so good at this, but not only clothed with a cloud, but also a rainbow was upon his head. What does a rainbow represent? I, I know it represents, you know, we think about the ark and we think about the flood, but what was the rainbow a promise of? His mercy, right? And he wasn't going to destroy it by a flood ever again. And so, so it represents his mercy. And so here we have the cloud that represents his presence, represents the judgment that's coming, but still yet upon his head is a rainbow reminding them even of his great mercy. Boy, I'm telling you all throughout this that wh whoever it was, that uh, whoever it is that's in this tribulation period, that uh, and, and I know there's a strong delusion that many are going to believe, and I understand that, but I'm telling you that anybody during this time, that it's the same way during the tribulation as it is today, Anyone that will turn and trust Jesus Christ as their Savior will be saved. 
And boy, how good is that to know his mercy is still there and, and they still have time. And a rainbow was upon his head and his face was as it were the sun. And you think about the glory of God and, and being in the presence uh, uh, of God's present, uh, presence brought such a splendor. And, and, and this is another reason why I believe that it's Jesus is they, uh, they were actually beholding. John was able to see and all the world is going to see the very Shekinah glory of our God. They're truly going to see the brightness of his being and who he is and his feet as pillars of fire. When we think of fire, we understand another passing judgment. When a fire goes through something, there is nothing safe, and it, it finds all of it and burns everything in its path. And judgment is going to be like that. And, and so we know that these pillars of fire representing the judgment of God. And he had in his hand a little book open. And so here, when I think of this, I, I think what he's doing and uh, it, my own perspective, my own thoughts on some of these things, but but a small scroll, and so we're we're we are way past. Okay, we're we're in a short time here. We're in the last part of the tribulation period. We're in the last three and a half years. Now we're probably in the last year or so of the tribulation period. By this time, I mean time is short. Okay. And, and people don't have time to start in Genesis 1 and, and let's have a Bible study and, and let's just take our time and, and we'll spend the next several years learning what the Word of God says and learning what, what He wants for us and learning how to live in an ungodly world. He's like, hey, we're way past that, okay, guys? We, we need to come back. And, and now there's a small book and it's a, and it's a small scroll that is going to be given. And, and can I tell you, the words on this will be, Repent! Jesus saves. Trust in Jesus. This is what he's going to be telling them. Oh, this isn't going to be something that's going to be some spectacular Bible teaching, but it's going to be those who are going to be walking in the streets and telling people to trust Jesus. And, and here he's encouraging him and saying, so there's this little book that's open, and, and he has set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. Now, I know that these angels are very powerful, and, and it tells us that there will be four that are posted to the north, south, east, and west. And and I know that, and they'll be carrying out the judgments on this. But in this one, we see this being someone very mighty, and another reason why I believe it's Jesus. And, and one foot is on the sea, and one is on the land, and he's casting judgment all over the entire world. This is our Savior. And so we see it's a sweeping judgment that no one can hide from. His power, his presence is greater than anything on earth, than cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth, just like the, the lion of Judah. And, and it would be a loud voice, and when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And, and, and so now there are more judgments that must be uttered here and things that they're doing that they need to turn from. I don't know what all is, is, is in these, but I can tell you that everybody on earth heard that voice. There is no one that can deny and say that they did not hear it, but... It will be a voice that is loud and heard by all the world. And so this messenger has the, and he cried, and the seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, that word seven, you always need to understand, means, means complete. It means perfect. And so, 
uh, here, the uh, completed. And, and John, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. John wasn't allowed to write down what he had said. And, you know, I, I, I think about this, and I wonder, in speculation again, but whatever these words are, God is saying, John, I don't want you to write it down. I know that's going to be recorded in my word. But these are words that they need to hear directly from me. And they will hear them on that appointed time, in that appointed uh, day, that I will tell them exactly what it is. And so he tells John to seal that up and, and don't utter them and do not write them down. And so they will come from the voice which shall be heard all over the world. So that's the messenger. What's the message? And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things that are, which are therein that there should be time no longer. Oh, it's just what we saw this morning, guys. And so here he is, he's here upon earth, and, and he stands up, and he's raising his hands up to heaven, and, and it's a voice that is heard above all the seven thunders, and he says, and God, I'm calling upon you, and I'm swearing upon you that these things are going to happen. The one who has created all the world, the one that has created everything that exists today, and, and it's by your name that these things are going to happen, and it's by you that time will be no longer. How devastating is that? And that's terrifying. I'm sorry, but it is. I mean, if you were going to be here and, and you hear him saying these things, and you will hear him, if you don't know Christ is your Savior, this is what's going to happen, guys, if, if it comes in our lifetime. And he's going to say that time will be no longer. The very last events of human history are now. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. The message has never changed, nor will it. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Call on Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Why are we doing that today? I have people who think we're crazy, right? Stand on the street and tell them. Let the little kids tell them. I, I received an email today in uh, the church's email and, and, and from a public school teacher that was watching the, the message online today. And she said, I always try to tell my kids about Jesus, and you encouraged me today just to keep doing it and just keep telling the people, uh, our kids about Jesus until the day I lose my job. Jesus saves. Jesus changes the world. And his judgment is coming. There is nothing to play with here. There is nothing to mock. There is nothing to put off. I'm telling you that you need to know Jesus as your Savior. And so let us make sure and... And the message has not changed. And so here in this little book, you know what that little I, you know what I believe is in that little book? Jesus saves. 
You don't need a lot of theology degrees to teach people that, do you? How do you know? Because he saved me. Changed my life. He can change yours also. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again. Here we have the book, all right? We have the messenger. We have the message. Now we have the book. The voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book, which is opened in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. You know, first of all, I see a couple of things. I, I, I get so tired of, I, I, I truly do. I was, I was watching some video yesterday, and, and they like to call themselves Reformed. Why don't you just call yourself Calvinist? That's what you are, okay? You're following the teachers of a man, and that man killed people who taught that you were saved by grace through faith, okay? And, and he was not a nice guy, and he killed you for it, all right? And so, and, and he really hated the Baptists, and he killed a lot of Baptists. It really makes no sense when a Baptist church calls himself Reformed. You, you are following the theology of a man who used to kill your ancestors. I, I do not understand that whatsoever, you know? And, and, and so, but anyway, I... Why do I, why do I, <laughs> why do I say these kinds of things, all right? But because he says, go and take the book. There is a free will, okay? There, there, is a, there is a volition that we all, Jesus said, come unto me. He tells us to come unto him. We have to exercise a free will. We have to, we have to decide in our mind that, we, first of all, you need to see and understand you're a sinner and, and you need a Savior. And, and then he's saying, hey, come to me. And so you take a step and you come to him and you trust him and, and he saves you. Well, how good is that? Well, it's the same way here. He says, hey, I want you to come. I want you to take the book. So he takes the book. What does he tell us to do? And take the little book, which is opened in the hand of the angel, stand upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up. Devour it. Consume it. Oh, I think there's a lot of things in that, the truth of that. Yes, I think in this situation, you know, eat the book, you know. But what do we do? We take the book. Let's take the book. Let's consume it. Let, let it become every part of us and who we are, every part of our being today. We, we need to have this just like we need oxygen to breathe. We need this for direction in every decision that we make. We have this to decide how we're going to live our lives. We're going to let this dictate to us what kind of husband we'll be, what kind of wife we'll be, what kind of children, how we're going to raise our children today. What are we going to do? How, how the, the decisions that we make today. I don't want to live in confusion, God, and I don't want to listen to the world and all the stuff that they're throwing. Just calm my mind and let me read what is in this precious book and let it become a part of me. Well, that's, uh, that's what we have to do, and, and here I do believe that that's what he's telling John, and, and he's saying you want to take it and you want to consume it and, 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 and let you have every bit of it and, and take it all in, and you know what you're going to find? That, oh, it'll be bitter. Ooh, is it going to be bitter? Why? Because as you read it, you're going to learn about sin and death and judgment and damnation and heaviness and hell, and bondage, and destruction, and corruption, deception, everything that the world and Satan wants to throw at you, and everything that this sin-cursed world has, it is all included in that. You know what? As you read the Word of God and you find out, then 
Then you start understanding all those things are sin. Boy, and it makes you bitter. Makes your stomach sick to see the things that are going on. But then it says, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. So he took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth uh, sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And so we see the bitterness, but you know what? It also has a sweetness, doesn't it? The sweetness of forgiveness. I, I am thankful. I'm thankful for God's forgiveness, his eternal life, his salvation, his deliverance, his joy, his heaven, his freedom, the new world and the new heavens that we'll get to be a part of, the eternal life that he has promised to each one of us. Thank you, Lord, for the sweetness. It is bitter, and it is sweet. You know, we have loved ones that, that do not understand, and, and, they're, and they're walking in a lifestyle that, that, that has rejected God. Their mind and their heart has rejected God. Oh, they might know that there's a God, but they've never accepted the free gift of salvation in their heart. And you know that, and you pray for them, and you love them, and, and you want to see them come to trust Christ as their Savior. Can I tell you, time is running out. And, and, and don't, don't hesitate and, and, and don't neglect the opportunities that God gives you. But when God gives you an open door where you can talk to your loved one, talk to your loved one. And be serious with them about this. And tell them that the time is wasting here and, and, and you need to know and understand that, that we're not here to judge anybody, but we are here to tell you that Jesus saves and that he'll give you eternal life and let us make sure and certain that we know Jesus Christ as our Savior. Yes, it's bitter, but it's also, oh, how sweet it truly is. And he said unto me, thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. That word prophesy doesn't just necessarily mean speaking of things that other people didn't know, but also means to proclaim and to proclaim loudly and to proclaim publicly. Tell people about Jesus. Oh, how we need to be willing to do that and tell people and, and who cares? Who cares what, what people think? Who cares what they uh, want to say behind your back? Who cares? Just keep telling them about Jesus and keep telling them that Jesus saves. Look, look at some of the Verses that, that he has given us in Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, calling Jeremiah, right? And, and, he, and he talks to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 and, and uh, verse 17, Thou therefore gird up thy loins and arise and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. Before, for behold, I have made thee this day a defense city and an iron pillar and brazen walls against the whole land against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. You go on and, and look at the calling of Ezekiel and uh, Ezekiel chapter 2. And <clears throat> I, I, tell, I wouldn't have wanted to have Ezekiel's life. God, God used him in a total different way. And, and you know he had Ezekiel lay on his side for 340-some days. They had to bring food and water to him, and he had to lay on his side. And then 
God said, okay, get up, roll over, and now you're going to lay on your other side for another 40-some days. Who would want to be a prophet in the Old Testament? You know, but, but we see here in, in Ezekiel chapter 2, and, and look at verse 7. And thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. Look over in chapter 3 in verse 17. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. I, I love what it says also in chapter 2 verse 5. And they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. Let it be that whenever that tribulation comes, however many years that it may be, it may be tomorrow, it may be a hundred years from now, but let it be that Platte Valley Baptist Church continued to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ and that this community knew that there was a prophet that proclaimed the word of God. Let it always be that from God. Look over in Acts chapter 5, verse 20. <clears throat> Here talking to his disciples and encouraging them along the way. And Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Paul, Paul writing to Timothy, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke. Oh, how we need to continue to tell people about the Word of God. Titus chapter 2, I'll end with that one that God has given to the, uh, to the believers today and, and uh, just some powerful statements that God has, has told us and how we ought to live and what we ought to be saying and how we ought to be living. In chapter 2, verse 15, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Oh, people will mock and people are busy living their lives. And you know what I find? I find that many people are staying busy and, and trying to keep their minds busy because ultimately when they stop and they start giving thought to things, they're scared to death. Well, they ought to be. They ought to be. If, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, there are some horrible, horrible things coming. You know what it is? For the most part, God is just allowing Satan to run amok and destroy things. He hates you. He hates you. And people are living for him every day. And he hates them. Boy, we need to turn. And people need to turn and they need to understand what a wicked, deceitful liar he is, but how good God is. Jesus saved, doesn't he? Jesus saved me many years ago. And boy, do I not, I don't deserve it. Coming to church this morning thinking, Lord, only in your grace, only in your grace. But oh, how sweet it is but how bitter it is also knowing that we have loved ones, friends, and family and neighbors that are going to die and live in a devil's hell for eternity if we don't get out and do something about it.
let us tell them about Jesus. Whether they reject it or not, that's up to them, but they will know that you love them. And tell them. Tell them you love them. And you don't want to see them die a death that will pay an eternal consequence for, but truly trust in the only one who gives life. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you for this interlude. We have seen so many crazy things going on in the judgment that is so hard and so so terrible that's going to come upon this earth. And, and Lord, it's much to take in. But then, Father, you take a pause and you remind us that Jesus saves. Lord, we thank you. And I pray that you will guide and direct and stir in our hearts. First of all, Lord, I pray everybody sitting here, everybody listening on the live stream, that, Lord, they will ask you to search their hearts and that they know if they were to die today that they're on their way to heaven. Father, if they can't answer that, I pray that they settle it tonight and call on you to save them. And then, Father, I pray that you compel our hearts as believers to live for you. Give you everything, trust you, and just live for you with everything. Let the word of God consume us. Seek to do everything that it says that to the best of our abilities and trust you and look to you. And that, Father, through that, you'll use us to reach this lost world. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we praise you. And, Father, I pray that you will keep us safe, use us greatly throughout this week. In Jesus' name, amen.